1: oh is that better
2: (laughs) hey guys and welcome to role model this is your girl leomi anderson international model spokesperson and entrepreneur and this is my new podcast where we are going to be hearing from some of the world's greatest inspirations of today in a way that you have never heard from them before There's plenty of highs and plenty of laughs because, duh, it's me. But my mission was to ask the questions that others don't dare to ask in interviews and to reveal the unfiltered truth that makes these individuals the role models that you know and love today. My first
1: guest needs very little introduction. She's a supermodel. I never imagined I would ever be on Vogue. I didn't, growing up a little girl, I didn't know what Vogue was
2: and has been an inspiration to so many ever since she stepped on the scene.
1: I made sure that I was aligning myself for a career and not just something that was going to be fleeting or a trend or whatever the case is. Like I want to be forever.
2: We've had the pleasure of walking the Victoria's Secret runway together. That's VS to us, guys. And she's never been shy to tell it how it is.
1: Don't be having all these camera people backstage the whole time taking pictures of (laughs) the Black girls with, like, you know, my kinks and my curls and these messy-ass braids. Many
2: will recognize her for her distinctive facial markings caused by a skin condition called vitiligo, but this is just a small fraction of what she represents. She came to prominence on the America's Next Top Model, a show that took a lot of artistic license to paint her out to be a particular type of girl, but that is far from who she is. And during this episode, you're going to hear her side of the story and get to know the girl that I've known now for the past seven years. Introducing our very first role model, Winnie Harlow.
1: Thank you, Lili. <laughs> also forgot, your sister. We share a brother. Oh, there you go.
2: Right? Sisters but uh from different vaginas yeah just so you know okay (laughs) even though we're actually kind of looking the same today we have side part black hair right i know you're always switching it up so i was wasn't sure which winnie i was going to get today
1: this is my everyday winnie this is Uh the like easy i can fix it myself i can do it myself because you're good it's not every day you have to be spending money (laughs) on hair You know, I just, (laughs) sometimes I just need to do it myself and save the coin.
2: Trust me. I'm so bad at laying wigs. That's why when this baby starts to like peel off and do its own thing, I'm just like trying to like. Oh, but
1: babe, yours is giving leave out right now. Really? It's giving leave out. It's this
2: zoom quality. I think it's just helping to hide the lace. (laughs) (laughs)
1: it is what it is sometimes sometimes the lace is going to be showing that's the (laughs) risk that you take when you wear a wig it is what it is everybody knows i'm not secretive about it it's a wig if you see my lace okay so what exactly but you're getting the whole vibe
2: and it's all coming together very nicely so they're five right
1: tell the people where i am speaking to you from i am in my first house Mm -hmm. i bought my first house end of last year and my stuff is starting to kind of come together now Ooh. everything's coming in slowly but surely of course with covid and you know shipping and stuff like that you know this too because you're a new homeowners. as well yes, i'm
2: talking to you from there too but my room is messy so therefore you're getting curtains
1: yeah. <laughs> but it's coming together nice Right, i'm trying to appreciate the process so i'm just basking in the fact that it's the first
2: Yeah, and it looks beautiful. How does it feel to be living in LA as well? It's been how long now?
1: Well, so I've been living in New York for about two years Mm -hmm. and top of quarantine, I came out here and I had been here for a year now and I utilized that time to look for a house Mm. and luckily I found one. So I've been out here kind of living for about a year but I bought my house end of last year. Okay. But it's been amazing, especially during quarantine, like being able to have sunshine, that is a big deal. You know, vitamin D is a big part of positivity, feeling happy, feeling, you know, in times like these, so. And
2: I'm just there having to take the vitamin D as a tablet because there's no fucking fun (laughs) here.
1: It's okay, In, in due time. This too shall pass, as my mom says. Yeah, we'll see about that. Babe, you're looking more and more like your mom every day. Do you think so? You want to yes. know what?
2: You're like the second person to say that to me this week. I think it's just the, the dark hair because my mom's hair is dark as well. All and right. plus, I'm getting very light skin out here as we've just discussed. So that's
1: probably why I'm starting to look a little bit more you like need my the mom. the blowback. <laughs> Man, that tan, bronzy. Ooh. <laughs> no, but
2: honestly, Winnie, I am so excited to have you on the podcast because honestly I feel like it's time for people to hear Winnie on a real level with your girl like talking the things because I've watched other interviews and I feel like they're trying already to create this narrative around you and I don't like right. that because that's not representative of the Winnie that I know and the Winnie that right. I've known for years now so I really was excited to have you on so we can really talk about everything and let people know more about you, the you that all your friends know. So Winnie, you were introduced to the world when you were a contestant on America's Next Top Model, a show that has recently been highlighted for being problematic AF anyways. And I feel like people got this portrayal of you that was not genuine and they don't understand Mm -hmm. as well that when you're on these TV shows, you're under a microscope, there's a lot of pressure and that's even before the editing happens. So I want to just talk a little bit about your experience and what's one thing you wish the audience got to see you that you feel wasn't shown?
1: I think people also forget to acknowledge I was like 18 or 19 on the show. It's about almost a decade. I'm turning 27 this year, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was probably like 18, 19 on the show. And I think people get stuck in the time warp of television because it can be 20 years from something and you're watching it and it feels brand new. Yeah. But when you're, you know, 18 or whatever the case is, things happen that are different from when you're knocking on 30s door. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so I'm appreciative that I I got the opportunity to, you know, do so many of these things that have pushed me to this level. I mean, it is what it is. I don't really feel like I mind what people's mindset is from a television show. You have no control over like when you go on a reality TV show what they edit things to, what they say, how they, how other people are going to interact with you. So Lord, give me the the strength to, you know, accept things I cannot control.
2: Girl, you coming with the quotes today. I see, I see where you're on. (laughs)
1: Like it's okay. You know, people make decisions, people say certain things you gotta roll with it
2: and at the end of the day as well I think that everything happens for a reason and no matter what that was your stepping stone to get to where you are today and honestly there's a reason why you're on the role model podcast baby it's because you're a role model (laughs) and I think that you are an incredibly hard worker and I think that the fact that you as you just said that show was 10 years ago and you're bigger and better than ever, that shows that, you know, this was meant for you. This is your path. Yeah, for sure. I, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, don't worry girl, I got you. The yeah. next point that I want to ask you about is, obviously, Knight reaches out to you, you shoot, you go viral, all of a sudden everybody is seeing your face everywhere. What
1: was that initial feeling like? It was wild for me because, like, speaking of America's Like Something Model, I had filmed the show, but it hadn't aired yet. So, like, there was press and stuff about me, which was surreal because mm-hmm. I had never had press before like that. Like, I had just started getting some sort of following. I think I probably had, like, 100,000 followers on Instagram at the time. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was huge. Coming from a small girl from Toronto, <laughs> Jamaican upbringing, and you know, like 100K people watching me, following me, and then right. you know, Tyra Banks asking me to be on a show. Like, I did that. Like, that, <laughs> that was insane to me. You know, at the time I was like, what? This is wild. And then I started getting press, but I wasn't getting jobs, right? Like, People knew that I was going to be on the show. I wasn't getting any jobs. So I didn't really know what to do. I was like, do I go back home to Toronto? Do mm-hmm. I go back to school? Because I left school to go wow. and do the show, right? So I got this email from Nick Knight being like, you know, um, the stylist. You've worked with Anna. Yeah. Chevelli and Anna found me on wow. Twitter. She DM'd me and I never saw it. And then she found my email and gave it to Nick, Nick Knight. And they reached out to me and they were like, hey, we saw your Twitter. We saw your pictures. Wow. You're so beautiful. We want to shoot with you. And I was like, who is this Nick Knight? What? <laughs> Who, who is this man who wants me to fly across the world and take <laughs> pictures? This does not sound right. I don't like the sound of this. So I have to Google, obviously, everything you have to do. You have to research. You have to, yeah. you know, I checked it out and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wow. This is Nick Knight? Nick Knight wants to shoot with me? What? Like, why? I didn't even understand it, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to question uh, the opportunities that mm-hmm. God is placing in my path. Let me uh, take my Boxside to <laughs> London for the first time and see how it goes. So, wow, you know, I did that shoot with him. It was incredible. Coming off of America's Next Top Model, I was kind of, I guess, fed the the notion that I wasn't a good model and that I didn't know what I was doing and it wasn't something that was cut out for me. Mm. So leaving the show and going back home, that was also a reason why I was like, maybe I should go back to school because... You know, I was told by the people on the show that I didn't know what I was doing and I wasn't good at modeling and, you know, whatever. So then being booked by this legendary photographer who's worked with everyone, shot for everything, telling me that I was an incredible model and I knew how to move my body so well and actually helping me and instructing me and showing me things and giving me ideas on how to like move and then appreciating and acknowledging this young girl who knows how to move and stuff, asking me like, have you danced? I was like, oh. no, but I'm Jamaican. So I have, I have rhythm. <laughs> It's natural. Yes, <I> <laughs> it's natural. I was so excited. And after that, he booked me for my first campaign, which was with Diesel Jeans. So that also my first First job, my first paid wow. job, came through Nick Knight as well, which was an honor. But yeah, I'm ever grateful. I call him my fashion godfather Aww. because it was the first person in the industry to really like take me un- under their wing and be like, "Yeah, no, you got this. You can do this. You um, have talent. You are beautiful. You are special. You mm-hmm. you can make it in the industry, even when everyone else said I couldn't."
2: Oh, see, that story has made me smile so much because I can really relate to that feeling of feeling so excited. you go into something so excited and it kind of like crushes your spirit sometimes. And the fashion industry, there's people in there and there's things that are said to us as young girls that it's like they almost forget that we are human sometimes and have feelings. And I, I completely relate to like finding that person who instills that confidence in you and says actually you are good at this you can do this and I had someone similar in my life as well he's actually the guy who who discovered me as well and any anytime that I felt like I was unsure of myself or I, I wasn't good enough he was always someone that made me feel confident in myself but I'm telling Mm -hmm. you people think that being a model and getting into the industry means that boom you have loads of confidence and it's like no it's just that
1: oh no 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 (laughs) it's just kind of the cards that we've been down if anything I think our confidence gets knocked even more because we are also looked at for the confidence we're like we have to always be on we always have to be up Mm -hmm. but like that's not human Yeah, we're not always on. We're not always up. We're not always happy. We're not always confident. Some days I'm breaking out. Some days, like I said, my wig is lifting. (laughs) Like it it is what it is. We're all human. So yeah, it, it is difficult.
2: How do you find balancing that pressure of having everybody's eyes on you? And as you said, when you first started out, you had 100,000 followers. Now you're on like seven point something? Um, it's 8. Eight point 5. Exactly, 8.5. How does it feel now? Because there's a lot of pressure.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's two sides. Like sometimes you just want to cry and sometimes you just have to cry, you know? Mm. Sometimes it's a great day and everything's amazing. Some days you just have to come off social media and like, you know, that's difficult too, especially in this day and age. Mm. Like I want to know what's going on with my friends and my family. I want to know what the latest TikTok is, like whatever the case is, you know? So it's something, it's entertainment. Like when you think about it, like we're, we're just, just we're just all here together on this floating rock trying to stay happy, (laughs) trying to stay entertained. So it's difficult, but you just have to find that balance, like take a bubble bath.
2: Do you ever feel like you would have preferred modeling before social media if we were to be the exact same position, but just without social media, like how it was in the nineties?
1: Yeah. I think it was fun in the 90s. I feel like everyone from back then has so many stories that have never been told. Yeah. Aren't in all the tabloids. Like things would come out in the tabloids for sure, but not everything was documented. You didn't have to like feel the pressure of even going outside right now. If I go outside my front door. I do have that like little bit of fear that there's going to be someone recording me. Mm. There's going to be someone who's, you know, whatever the case is, everybody has a phone. Yeah. You used to be able to, you know, have fun, live life, be a human and still like work and stuff. Like you can't even be a human no more. And people Mm -hmm. be like, that's what you signed up for. No, I signed up to pay my bills. <laughs> I didn't sign up for you know being Ooh, this bombarded extra like stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like I love and appreciate my fans, and I want to have those real moments. I love when people come up to me and they're like, "Hi, it's nice to meet you." But it's scary. I'm yeah. I'm still a, a regular human being. Like people forget that. Like I was still raising the hood. I was still <laughs> whatever the case is. So you run up on me, I'm like, what? <laughs>
2: so as we've discussed you are the queen of reinvention when it comes to looks i'm always seeing you experimenting with your looks experimenting with your style which i love but i know in the early stages of being a model you don't necessarily have control over your image and especially as black girls i feel like we go through it when we first begin because we feel like we can't really say anything so i kind of want Mm -hmm. to talk about your experiences early on with in the modeling industry and how you feel things have changed for you now
1: so earlier on exactly same thing I didn't want to say anything I felt like anytime I did say something it was like I was dramatic mm-hmm. or what's the word like you know like like trying to be a queen a diva, to, like, they love that one fierce They love calling us a diva just because we want our hair to look just as nice as the white girls on the runway. There's no problem with that there's no problem and there's no problem with me letting you know that my hair is not going to lay down flatter if you add water to it there's nothing wrong with me giving you that information i've lived with my hair my entire life what's going on here i know what's going to happen if you put water on it i know that it's going to pop off if you add water and then say oh let me just put a tong on it on top of it being wet i know it's going to drop off And if Mm -hmm. I try to let you know that and you call me a diva and my hair is gone, who has to suffer? Mm -hmm. Only me. Because I'm not going to look good in the pictures. My hair is going to fall off. I'm going to be upset and insecure and sad that I've lost my hair just because you wanted to feel like you know everything. And nobody knows everything. Everyone's so scared of the word ignorant. We are all Mm. ignorant. Every single person is ignorant about something. And that is okay as long as you make those moves to not be ignorant anymore. And that includes listening and learning (laughs) and not feeling like. One thing I love about my mom, everything I love about my mom, but one thing I learned about my mom is every day she's like, oh, my kids teach me so much. I learned so much from my kids. I've learned everything I know from my mom. But she doesn't try to make it seem like she can't learn from the younger generation as well. Everyone can learn from everyone. Everyone has different experiences. So if you're not used to working with black hair, you're not going to know how to handle it. That's, that's like, there's no biggie in that. The biggie is when you don't want to listen to a black model on how to take care of her hair. I want to have long hair down my back for real, for real. When I'm like, you know, retired. I don't want like Same. my hair dropping out and like having no edges at the end of my career because I didn't speak up for myself. I yeah. have to. I'm a strong Black woman and a Leo at that. I'm going to stand up for myself. I have to say something. I don't like when people take offense to it.
2: Good. And that's the thing, because when we speak up, it helps the future generation of girls Mm. as well. Like the next black girl who sits in that hairdresser's chair now
1: will probably be listened to a little bit better. It's been so different. Do you feel like it's been different from when we started till now? Yeah, I I do still growth to go. There's still
2: definitely growth, but I definitely feel that we're at a point now where people feel more comfortable when a girl says, oh, this product doesn't work for my hair. Maybe use that product. Or if you come with a wig or a weave or whatever, they're not so, before it was, I feel like they would be so judgmental. I used to hate them coming around you, like four or five people looking at you and they're like, what should we do with this? Pulling it apart and looking at your tracks, so invasive and everything. It's like, make me feel like crap and they are like oh are, are those wefts what wefts are those I'm like wefts like, I don't even call it that they're called tracks first of all yeah. wefts
1: I'm like okay if that's what you want to call them great I feel like when I first started like it was always a battle and I would like end up crying mm. to my agents and being like you know what if that's the case if they're going to be damaging my hair or not listening then I don't want to do that job that means that mm-hmm. they don't respect me and I want to feel respected at work. I respect them. I've, I've taken this job because I'm honored that I've been chosen mm. to walk this show. I am honored to be chosen to shoot this campaign, but I want to feel respected at work. I feel like everyone wants to feel respected at work, you know? So I feel like we are the generation that's really made those changes because now when I go backstage at a show, I see <laughs> uh, designers hiring Black people. Hairdressers, yeah, a lot more black hairdressers, or even if they're not black. Like uh, there was this one girl that Jeremy Scott hired in New York. She's a white girl, and she has you know a salon. She does sick braids, sick, mm-hmm. sick, sick, sick braids. So it's not just about you have to be black to do black hair. No, you can educate yourself. You know, educate
2: like, yourselves. That's the thing. For sure, educate you yourself. can educate
1: yourself. One hundred percent. Like. I see so many designers taking the initiative now and I feel more comfortable when I'm going backstage if I'm, you know, even to like take off my wig, like if you do want to switch my situation, like you try to take my <laughs> wig off, whatever, like don't be having all these camera people backstage the whole time taking pictures of the <laughs> black girls with like, you know, my kinks and my curls and these messy ass braids that I've had for like two <laughs> weeks or whatever. But don't do that. Make me feel comfortable, you know. Like all these white yeah. girls with their luscious hair, like shaking it out and blowing it, <laughs> spritzing it, and then it's done. And we sitting there like, please don't take no picture of me right now. Like this is not this is not fair. We not we not playing on even you know playing field right now. Definitely. Yeah. I
2: think though, when it comes to models, people have this idea that. Maybe because we're always being recreated into somebody else's vision, that people kind of dehumanize us Mm. and they think that they can just touch us, touch our head, tell us to do this, tell us to do that. When I started out in my career, I found it so hard to be able to speak up for myself. What gave you the confidence, as you said, to stand up for yourself in these situations and what advice do you have for other models who haven't found their voice yet?
1: I don't like to be uncomfortable. And I don't like allowing myself to be uncomfortable. If I once upon a time couldn't pay my phone bill, I know I need to get a new job. I don't like to allow myself to feel, sometimes you're going to be uncomfortable, that's life, you're going to be uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but I don't like to allow myself to be uncomfortable. So if that means I have to stand up for myself and say something, I'm going to have to do that. I don't know if that's like just my upbringing. Like my grandmother's a very strong woman who doesn't take no nonsense. Both my grandmothers actually take no nonsense. You know, they're both strong Jamaican women, Black women. And I think I just kind of draw from that energy where it's like no nonsense. And if you don't want to work with me because I have let you know how I feel, then, you know, like that's... That's your loss at the end of the day. I'm, you know, I may not get paid for that job that I may have gotten, you know, booked for in the future. But if that helps my sanity, I'm going to take that L. I'm going to take that L and roll with it. My goal is the same goal as a photographer. My goal is the same goal as a stylist. My goal is the same goal as everybody else on set. We want to make art. We want to create. We want to make something iconic. We want to build. So... I respect you. So I just want to be respected too.
2: I love that. What was your first show that made you feel like, or first job even, that just made you feel like, I got this? Because I feel like everybody has kind of like a year where you remember, maybe it was like a couple jobs in a row where you're like, okay, I feel like I can actually say I'm a model. Because for years, yeah. I didn't even tell people that I was a model because I didn't feel like one.
1: Mm. I feel like throughout my career, even though I was, I mean, that, that is the title of my career. I'm a model, but I think I felt the same as you. Like, I didn't feel like a model. I think it was maybe walking for VS that I really felt. And that was years after I had started, you know, like that was the mark that I was like, you know what? I've done it. Yeah. That is every little girl's dream yeah it was a dream for you dream for me yeah. you know and i feel like once we accomplished that that was like wow i really have walked in the shoes of you know the giselles and the all these you know supermodels naomi campbell and seeing those women walk before seeing jordan done yeah walk oh. before doing the robot at the end of the right <laughs> I'll never forget that. Even seeing that it would didn't make me want to be a model, it made me want to be her. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like that was just goals for me to this day. Like I actually need to blow that up and put it in my house. Iconic. That's so Iconic shot from icon.
2: Because with Jordan, she was actually one of the people who I always credit her and always speak so highly of her because she was one of the people who first said, you need to go to New York because if you want to make this modeling thing work, you need to go there. And it always stuck in the back of my mind. And she was so supportive. And I think that's one, that's a lot of people's misconception about the modeling industry is that we don't. Have genuine friendships, so we we're so catty and bitchy and stuff like that. Oh, no. But that's actually not true. We definitely have genuine, yeah. I think the first time that we properly chilled in London was coming up to seven years ago now, which is insane. And things have changed so much for us since that time. Mm-hmm. What would you say has been one of your biggest highlights of your career so far? Obviously, you've said Victoria's Secret, but you've done so many things.
1: I think every time. I shoot a Vogue cover because I never saw myself or I never saw anyone like me growing up in anything, not just on magazine covers, but not on TV, not in movies. not It was as if I was the only person in the world with vitiligo, which is not true. There's tons of people around the world who yeah. have vitiligo. But at the time growing up, I felt like the only person in the world. And now, you know, being able to see myself on vote Covers and know that little girls who have freckles or, you know, have whatever the case is that makes them feel insecure or that they're bullied about or whatever, they can see me and know that they can do it too. That just makes any hardships that I ever dealt with to get there worth it. 100%. I never imagined I would ever be on Vogue. I didn't, growing up a little girl, I didn't know what Vogue was, right? So then to grow up and then find out how big and how important it is to, you know, culture and to fashion and everything, and then to be on the covers, that's unheard of by so many people, let alone some young girl from Toronto with vitiligo. You know,
2: you represent so much, honestly, you represent so much and you inspire so many people. The LIGO is a part of you, but it's not the only thing that Mm -hmm. you are. And it's not the only thing that you represent, but by living the way that you do and just living unapologetically and striving for your goals, that to me is what makes you a role model.
1: Yeah. I think something that was really important to me when I realized that modeling was going to be a career and not just. A passing job or a hobby was that if I was going to be a model, I wasn't going to allow them to box me in because I felt like, especially when we were coming up, it was still kind of like the typical one type of person. Like, if there was a black mm-hmm. girl, it was either she was a really dark skinned girl with shaved hair mm-hmm. or she was a very fair skinned girl with curly hair. Yep. That was it. Those were the black girls that they used. They didn't look like me and you. Like, you have Mm -hmm. a different type of hair. I have different type of hair. It was, like, lighter than me or darker than you. There was no in-between. And Black women come in so many different shades and tones and hues, you know? So I felt like at the time when we were coming up, that was when there was that break in the industry that we could, like, enter through, right? But even with that break in the industry, it was, like a box that you were put into. So I remember getting offered a job to do a new reality show. It never came out, but there was this opportunity that I had for this new reality show. It was going to be me and a model in a wheelchair and a plus size model and a model with albinism and a blind
2: tokenism
1: you don't tokenism you don't see me then you don't see me yeah you don't see me as a person you don't see me as a model as an other as an other exactly so it was very important to me in my career that I didn't take certain jobs even when I needed somewhere to live and I needed to pay bills and all these things I made sure that I was aligning myself for a career and not just something that was going to be fleeting or a trend or whatever the case is like I want to be forever you know I I need to pay my bills forever I don't want to just take that job be able to pay that bill and not be able to move forward and have a kids one day and buy a house and all that stuff so it was really important for me not to feed into how people were trying to see me at the time and know who I was and know that before me having vitiligo, because I wasn't born with vitiligo, before me being, having vitiligo, I am a Black woman. I am Canadian. Mm. I am Jamaican. I am my mother's child. I am a, a child of God. All these things come before I have vitiligo. So I couldn't allow people to make me see me the way they saw me. I had to make them see me the way I saw me.
2: So, girl, as you said, you moved to L.A. at the top of a lockdown last year. Yes. So would you consider you and Kyle to be love during lockdown? Ooh, jump, right, about in. Relationship. jump right in. your Yeah, but 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 you know me, come on. Do you think because of lockdown, it kind of brought you guys more together like what's the vibe and what's the story of how you guys met
1: i think that was the one positive out of lockdown for sure i wouldn't have met him if it wasn't for our quarantine we were just locked away i was in new york he was in la and he reached out to me um we just had all the time in the world to talk and get to know each other. FaceTime, fall asleep on FaceTime, wake up, you know, in the eyes, like see the real deal, (laughs) take the wig off, wear the bonnet, no makeup, (laughs) all that. Like we actually got to know each other, which is, I feel like really hard today when it comes to like two people who are celebrities. Like I've, I've, it's public knowledge. I've dated other celebrities and I always felt like you know, we have our own lives. It's always go, go, go. Like I'm over here doing this and you're over there doing that. And somebody might be on tour or somebody might have to do a shoot or whatever the case is. So it never meshed. Like you can't really get to know someone like that, you know? And like both people are like having to travel and all that stuff. But because of quarantine, we were able to just sit down and get to know each other. Like I remember playing 21 questions with him all the time. Oh. Just like, asking each other questions, getting to know each other all the time. The other night I was actually talking to him and I was like, I wish I could scroll up to read like our first conversations on Instagram. And he was like, you're going to get carpal tunnel trying to do that. I'm going to try. And I got all the way to the top and I like recorded it. So I never had to do it again. Good. I was about to say, I hope so. Yeah. But what was really refreshing about reading our First, I mean, it was embarrassing to read our first conversations, <laughs> but it was really refreshing. I took screenshots and I sent it to him and I was like, you know what's crazy? We're the same people that we were a year ago. We talked about the same things. It's more in depth, but like we talked about initially how, where we're from and what we like to do, that he likes to paint and that I was taking acting classes. And now I'm in my first movie. I just filmed my first movie. So it was so insane to like go back and read those conversations and just see like the growth in the realness that we gave each other from the first conversation
2: that is so beautiful i love Mm -hmm. that and i can see that he makes you really really happy which is really beautiful But do you find it scary putting your relationship out there? Because I find it hard sometimes, girl. I can't lie to you. I can't lie to you. What's for you
0: is
1: for you. If your man (laughs) steps out on you, your man's not for you. Period. That's it. Facts. So it is what it is. And I don't even blame girls. I blame the guy if situations like that happen. You know what I mean? That's very
2: true. That's very true. You can look. I want you to
1: look. Actually, I want you to look. I want you to see what I have. I'm proud of what I have. I want you to see him in all his beautiful glory, mm-hmm. for sure. Look, compliment him. Tell him how fine he is. I actually find it funny mm-hmm. when people are like, Winnie, can we share? Like, yeah, that's cute, though.
2: That's I, cute, though, because at least they're coming cute. to you.
1: <laughs> Not even that, but it's just like... He's going to have his fans. He's going to have people Facts. who love him too. And I'm going to have people too. People will be like, oh, Kyle, I'm going to steal your girl from you. <laughs> we don't take it personal. It's just like, it's the admiration and we appreciate it too, yeah. you know? There do be some crazy ones sometimes. I have to get a block, but yeah. you know, like it's you know, it is what it is.
2: I get that. And that's the thing as well. When you have a secure relationship, it is, it makes everything a million times easier. For but- sure. I definitely want people to understand, though, is that, yeah, you can look, but please, I one thing I don't like is when people try and then base their idea of what relationships are
1: off of, like, pictures. One picture can change <laughs> so many things for people. It'd be like, oh, she's not even into him. Do you see the way that she, like, glanced over at him or she doesn't or he doesn't even like her. It's just for, like, publicity and da-da-da-da. I'm like. You got all of that from one picture? That's cool. You must read minds. CSI. (laughs) That's crazy.
2: It's true. People are gonna say whatever they're gonna say. So I guess I wanna know in ten years' time. Do you still see yourself modeling, or what do you think is going to be the next chapter? Seeing as you've just said that you've just finished your first movie, tell me, like, where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? Because you can do anything.
1: In the next five to 10 years? Oh, well, you know, five years? Yeah, for sure. I'll still be modeling, definitely. I'll still be building business and like creating my own stuff yeah <laughs> stuff and maybe going into like making books like i used to love reading as a kid and there was a lot of books that i love that gave me confidence or like prepared mm. me for certain things and i love that um more movies more acting for sure because i realized when i was like modeling As a model, you either are doing like film stuff, you know, when you're filming a campaign, you might be doing film, you might be doing pictures. And I always noticed that I turned on so much more when I was doing film, like being active and being able to move and stuff like that. Like I loved doing film stuff for campaigns. So I'm not good at memory, I'm still working on that <laughs> when it comes to, you know, memorizing lines, but practice makes perfect. And exactly I'm definitely excited about that new journey. I still enjoy modeling and I still am so proud of the career that I've built. So I want to continue building that legacy as well. But I also want to, like, like I said, I want to build a legacy and that's not just one thing, you know, like mm. that's figuring out what other ventures also make me happy because I never originally wanted to be a model. I wanted to be a journalist. So same. yeah, I wanted to be an entertainment journalist. I wanted to do what you're doing right now. I wanted to be interviewing like, (laughs) you know, cool people and just like let's talk, let's, you know, vibe, whatever. Or like That's working so on cool. e-news, like, you know, doing the red carpet. I can see it, though. That's what I wanted to do. So. <laughs>
2: but you ended up on the red carpet anyway. I ended up on
1: the red carpet anyway. <laughs> so it all worked out for sure. And the red carpet picks are fun as well. So thank God. But it's things that you have to go back into your childhood and remember, like, what were those things that I loved doing? I said, reading books and like, turning that into making books, that will bring me such pure joy. Yeah. But then I also remembered doing um, like gardening with my grandmother and my mom. That was something that I know will bring me so much peace in life. And I want to like make a garden out in my backyard now that I have my first house. Oh, you know, just have that same energy as when I was a kid. That's really beautiful. And that's such a beautiful thing that you
2: want to do that with your mom and mm-hmm. your grandmas as well. I think that also shows one of the things that have made you you is the strong women in your life. So we all have to say thank you, mom. Thank you, grandma, yes. because they've made you into a really, really strong woman. Yes. And it's really beautiful to see.
1: Thank you, Lee. One
2: last question. This is a question from Monique from South London. She asked, what has the pandemic taught you about yourself?
1: Do you know, I feel like I know myself pretty well. Because I would say that I I have a true understanding that I don't like to be alone. (laughs) But I already know that. Like, I know that about myself. When I was in New York, I was there for maybe a month by myself. And then another month talking to kyle every day and then he brought me out to la so like that was a godsend i call him superman for that like you know like Mm. it's it's highlighted things for me that i already knew but i think i i know myself pretty well
2: oh i love that i love that well thank you so much winnie for joining me on the role model podcast i think that people have gotten to understand you even more and understand how you've become the role model that you are today.
1: Thank you, so babe. Thank, thank you for having me. No, Being really- on a bad Black business woman's podcast up (laughs) in here I'm so proud of you thank you for asking me to come on it's an honor to do anything with you my love you are an inspiration you You are a beautiful powerful woman and I love you so much love you too girl
2: and I can't wait to send you a new lap loud pack boom role model is a something else production produced by Harriet Wells Additional production from Steve Ackerman. The executive producers are Claire Solon and Chris Skinner. Special thanks also goes to Charlotte Tahira, Jesse Donnelly, Chris Blackley, and Mark Rivers. The sound engineer was Gulliver Tickle. Next time on Role Model. Because I've dated and
1: because I've been sexually free that living my life, right? That, you know, pleasing myself, that that makes me, you know, there's a term in Spanish called mucha meaning, you know, they compare you to a car ah. and they say, "Yo, how many miles you have, you know? Okay. Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, it. because you've had X amount of guys and you have more mileage on you than a girl that has have only one or is a virgin, you know? And it's like, well, it's my vagina, right? It's my, it's, it's my, my pussy.
2: If I want to pop it, I'm a pussy. Pop it.
1: Right. It's my pussy. It's my vagina. It's my cookie. It's my ass. It's my, you know, it's like whatever I want to do, I want to do with it. And like, it's my moment. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have anything against how you choose to live your life. What I have a problem is when we continue to judge those that choose
0: to live their life freely mm-hmm. and how they want to.